One of the reasons I started this podcast was because I had made an incredible amount of mistakes around many things in my life, in my 20s, even in my earlier 30s, and and I wished I had someone that could help me, right? Especially with things around love. Things that can really take a toll on you. And I think us women know. You could have, um, even if you were married two months, the, the recovery, and you had like a bad fallout, the recovery from the two months could be two years, could be three years. Like the amount of impact that pain and suffering has on us in just a small amount of time, how it just stays with us, I just wanted to help women avoid. So today's podcast is going to be about the four red flags that women constantly miss that I wish they don't, that causes extreme heartache when looking for a guy. Welcome back to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim. I'm coming to you every week on topics that are really, really important to us as women. Forgive my raspy voice. I don't often tell people that I record podcasts um, before Fajr. So I always have a wake-up voice. I don't know if that's a good thing, but it's like when you're a mom. I'm a mom of five educator of 25 years. So I have a lot going on during the day. Um, it's the time when, when I get to do that and I get to record. There's times when it's not that way, but um, alhamdulillah, if you've ever heard my voice raspy, it's because I'm still in my wake up voice. So please, please forgive me. Alhamdulillah. So today's podcast is really important to me because um, there are certain things that are not written in books. There are certain things that are not taught to us by our parents or by even the, the local mosque or center. And I know that these are things that our women go through. They come to me privately about them all the time. But I mean, they're things that we just genuinely need to talk about. And some of them, again, like, like other podcasts that I am recording that you'll see come out, could be a little controversial. But at the end of the day, because I'm talking about parents, and that's really, really hard. Now, I'm a parent, so I hold myself completely accountable first. Um, but I think it's really important that we talk about these things because there are a lot of women really, really suffering. And so today's podcast is all about the red flags, the things that they often miss. Now we could go on about flags forever. Now what I'm going to do also is I'm going to touch on some cool things down the line um, as we teeter-totter between like this time of the year where people are trying to like get themselves together and get organized and at the same time um, this is a really important time of the year that I, I usually like to talk about love and marriage and trying to help sisters find spouses in the best of ways so what what this podcast is going to be about red flags but there'll be other ones about you know addressing your emotions and your motivation and your lack of and your organization and stuff too we're going to keep going with those but at the same time I want to also address a lot of other ones that you guys want to hear about, which are compatibility difficulties, right? How do I tell if we're compatible? How do I tell? Like, I'm going to go into that stuff um, in January, February-ish. So excited to look towards those and just a ton more about getting real about how difficult it is and like what we can do to make it easier in Shalabas and Dada. And hopefully this is going to be one of those podcasts in a, in a love series for 2023. Alhamdulillah. Um, right before we get started, I want to tell you what's going on right now that you can get your hands into at Mindful Muslima. First thing is we have our free book club. Um, the sign up is now. We are starting probably, I think, in about a week or two. So get yourself on in there. The book that we've decided to read is How to Be the Happiest Woman in the World. And these are um, excerpts and they're so small. I've noticed our women want to read, but they're a bit overwhelmed. So we've been choosing books that are not like chapters or anything. We've been choosing like ones that have teeny little sound bites. Like it's only a page and a half to get 
a good message. And so that way, if you join the book club and you struggle to read, you could still get in there and read just a teeny little something and you could feel good and engage in the conversation. So I'm going to put that link down below. And also you could always DM me on Instagram. Another one is we're going to do a spouse seeking challenge. I haven't done this challenge in about a year and it went out really well when it did. And we go into just the nitty gritty of like whatever I talk about on the podcast, we just dig into it 10 times deeper. So if you're looking for a spouse and you're looking for support and other women doing that, that's a place. Um, I'll put the link below or you can DM me. And lastly, ah, mentorship program. We open it a couple times a year. We open it and close it really fast. So I think we're halfway through registration. If you want to get on in there, um, you need help and support. We do a six-week program. It's completely free for anyone who's inside of Thrive. So it's like something worth hundreds of dollars of support. And we just give it away completely free because we know our women love it and need it and deserve it. And it's a way to get real support on just life balance and um, how do I say this, scheduling, morning routines, evening routines, if you've been able to deal with those and stick with those. Um, we got you covered in support. All right, so let's get into the podcast and get into the red flags we need to avoid, but we often miss as women. Let's get into the first one. So the first one is actually about you, not about him, but it's kind of about him. But what do I mean by that? Well, the first one is that you feel like something's off about this situation, about him as a potential spouse, but you can't put your finger on it. That gut feeling, that's something about it that's just not right. It's something that is a red flag that women often ignore, and then they just push on through. Now, our problem with women is that we're really nice. I mean, not all of us are nice, but the majority of us are really, really like kind to people in the sense that we're like, you know what? He's having a hard time. We make a lot of excuses for him. Now, that's a really good thing. It's a good thing when you're married, right, to make excuses for your husband, Russell saw Saddam, he said, make a 70 excuses for your brother or your sister. That's great. Not doubting that. But what I'm talking about is something different. We're talking about a potential spouse. This is still an area where he's not your husband. And even though you might be talking to him, even though you're not supposed to alone, or maybe you are talking to him in front of your parents or with the proper way, this is a whole nother topic is that there's a whole lot of wrong going on with that. But the point is that there's something off in your gut and you feel it that, and, and I've had women call me like I'm getting married in two weeks and I just, my stomach is just cramping. Like I feel like something's wrong, but I can't put my finger on it. And my advice to those women is do not move forward or rush with that feeling. If you have that feeling before you're married, it means you have to finish uncovering what it is that is upsetting you or bothering, or maybe you need to explore it. Either way, I mean, at this point, you know how to reach me. You guys can DM me. I do 15 minute calls. We could try to talk. It's hard in 15 minutes. I would say it's probably a longer call, but at the end of the day, that feeling is a red flag and you should not move forward and just pretend like it's not happening, which I see a lot of women doing, then getting married then it's kind of too late for them. Now they're trying to find out how to get out of that marriage. So don't ignore that one. Another red flag that women often, um, number two, is um, they don't pick up on is that he's not meeting your non-negotiables and you're not really picking up on it or acknowledging it, either one. Now I've done podcasts in the back of what non-negotiables are. I even have, I think, 
I've done some kind of like visuals. I've gone into podcasts about it. I've gone into YouTube videos about it. Non-negotiables are where you draw your line and your boundaries. As women, we struggle with boundaries because we're always worrying about hurting everyone's feelings. Non-negotiables are the things that will keep you protected. They're the things that will make you not have as much pain or honestly, just huge pain at all. I know a lot of women, they don't know they're non-negotiables or they think they know they're non-negotiables, and they don't actually at all. Um, I get into this and I talk about them even in a free marriage class that I have. A lot of you guys saw my um, my Instagram where I was talking about, um, you know, basically um, compatibility and blah, blah, blah. And I was saying I have a free class and a lot of you guys DM me on IG and I shared that free class. Again, you can DM me if you just heard of it now and, and also get it. But the thing is, I want women to think about the fact that Non-negotiables are where you say, this is what are my must, these are my must-haves and my must-not-haves. And again, you can go back, I did a whole podcast on that specifically, but just to, to drive the point home here, let me give you an example and then tell you something you might ignore. Like my must-not-have is that I don't want a guy who, um, you know, that, let's say w- wouldn't allow me to work. Let's just bring the, the, the big hot topic, right? Wouldn't allow me to work. But then everything else about him, you're like really into and you're emotionally hooked on him. But then that one thing you feel like it's shady or not clear right now, or he's kind of brushing over it and you're not getting your real answer. Or maybe he's starkly against it and you're like, well, but he's cute and everything else is good. I'll figure it out. I'll work on him later. Like one of those, like you're teeter tottering around those. Absolutely not. Those, those are non negotiables for a reason. And then some women are like, oh, I'm being unreasonable. You know, I, I really, really, you know, what should I be tough about? What should I not be tough about? Let me tell you what it should be tough and not tough about. You should not be, um, negotiating your non-negotiables. That's hundred percent. Cause if you've done the, if you've done your due diligence and you actually know that those are your non-negotiables, then you don't move on them because those are the things that are going to drive you crazy. If you don't have them for yourself, like you really, really just spent your whole time in uni and you want to work and it's something important to you and you're passionate about it. Like, don't pretend that that's not something really important to you. Or maybe it's been a focus of yours, but it's not that important. But it's still something you want the option to do if you want to. See, these things that we just like, oh, okay, but everything else, like, no, don't even move on those. If you want to move on other stuff, like, you know, the location of where you live doesn't mean as much to you or like other things about schooling with children, like there's plenty of other things to be flexible about. But those things that you feel like are just your passionate must have, must not haves. Another one I'll tell you about this is I did, um, I did a recent um, in-person event at a, uh, in New York city. And we were discussing the non-negotiables with the girls and guys. And we found out that their non-negotiables were not good. They were very dunya focused. It was all about like money, work, apartments. Like here's my thing about that. They're good. You want to secure your money in your future in terms of like financial stability. That's great. But the, that's not the way we do it in Islam, actually. All of that focus is kind of superficial, if I could just be fair. Because Islamically, Islamically, it's not the way the prophets suggested for us to look for a spouse. And we do that now. Like the parents, you know, they care about us and they want to make sure the guy has a good degree and he has a house and set up and this. But that's actually not how it's done because it's so superficial. Because what? let's pretend you did focus on all that, which is, which is good enough everything. What are you missing out on? Mostly his dean. Like people are like, oh, does he pray? Does he want to thobe? Yeah, that's it. Good to go. I'm like, no, <laughs> like that's all superficial visual stuff. What about like his anger issues? What about his temperament? What about, um, you know, if he 
talks to other women and you don't really know about that? What if he's like really okay with being super friendly and super casual and open with the opposite gender? I have a lot of women call me married who have that problem, right? These are things we're not picking up on. What about my non-negotiables? He shouldn't have female friends. No, like that is a real thing he's not supposed to have. And you're not supposed to have guy friends, by the way. But like, and people can be like, wow, why? That sounds so old fashioned. Now, let me just explain. There's zero benefit in that for a million reasons. And I've done a podcast once um, back, 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 if you go check called um, Why Men and Women Can't Be Friends. And it, it, it's based on this YouTube video that came out. It was so amazing, this YouTube video. And the YouTube video was done by non-Muslims, not Muslims. And even the non-Muslims were like, nah, that's not even possible because there's a lot going on between guys and girls um, that they're not talking about in such scenarios, right? But anyway, going back to number two, the biggest thing is don't move on those non-negotiables. A lot of women are. They're not picking up because they don't know how to ask the right questions. You guys know we give away questions, the questions that you're supposed to ask, like the top ones. So a lot of women don't even know the right questions to get the right answers. And so that is the reason why they're not even figuring out that he's not even meeting their non-negotiables. And unfortunately, if they go down the road like this, they're going to find out when it's too late later. And that brings me into number three, his temperament. You guys might've heard me say this on Instagram, but I can't drive it home enough. You've only seen him when he gets dressed up, puts his little cologne on, meets you at the interview or meets you at the sit down at your house. He's looking nice. You're looking nice. Everybody's smiling. But what's he like when he doesn't get what he wants? What is he? And and I say for everything I say about a guy, I say about a girl, like this is even Steven, like this is really like whatever is supposed to go for one, go the other. I don't think enough people realize how much um, um, equality and equity is in the Quran in terms of what happens to guys happens to girls. What's fair for a guy's family? A lot of it is is really quite similar. I know like the, the, the social media makes us think it's not. That's a bunch of lies. If you believe that, it means we don't actually read the Quran. If you read the Quran, you know it's very, very even. So men aren't supposed to look at women in an inappropriate way. Women aren't supposed to. Men aren't supposed to, um, you know, listen to this and this and that with music. Women aren't supposed to. Like there's a lot, a lot of things that are almost identical, but people aren't, you know, recognizing. So with him... So I need time with the guys to get offended because, because I do podcasts that guys listen to apparently. And so I want the guys to know like it's, it's what I'm saying is vice versa, right? So when it comes to the temperament, like if he has anger problems, like right, and he doesn't get what he wants or he has impatience or he lashes out or he does gaslighting, you're not going to pick up on any of that in the interview unless you know what to look for. Aha. Unless you know what to look for. A lot of women have narcissism issues with their spouses and gaslighting. You know, those words are thrown around like too lightly these days. But, but I'm sorry. Sometimes when I get into it with the women that that is their situation. And you're not going to pick up on that stuff. All the weird stuff. He's going to come off super awesome and super nice. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, like why has this guy not been caught by another girl already? And what's going on? Like he's amazing. And then you get married and, and, and then you get to unwrap the package and see what's really inside. I'm not trying to be funny. It's because, you know, he has issues where he's going to listen to his mom over you. And there's nothing wrong with moms. And that's a whole other story. Like, I'm a mom, right? But to the point where he's married to his mom, not you. That's different. That's different. And at the end of the day, there's respect of parents, but there could be a lack of balance inside of him. He's swinging two one way or the other. He's going to be always with the guys and never with you. So you're constantly home alone. Not Women call me about that all the time. 
You can't pick up on these subtle nuances about what his temperament is, what's important to him, where he's going to spend his time, because we don't know the right questions to ask. But more importantly, we don't know the right answers. And also, we don't know how to read body language. I can, but that's because I had to put the effort into learning how. So if you want to ask me about what a third problem is, it's not even reading up on anything past his smile and his good looks. And all, you know, I've asked questions, sister. I figured this out. Okay, but have you asked the right questions? And have you been able to, once you ask that question, sit back and watch his face, watch the slightness move of his eye or his wink or his, his frown or like, there's little things that go on. Some people are honest when they answer questions, some are not. You know, all of us want to put our best foot forward to be fair. Like all of us want to be like liked by other people and don't want to be like, oh, I'm, I'm not a good catch. So we're all trying to do our best here, right? And so I'm married already, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, alhamdulillah. But I remember that time for myself. And I had one sister call me the other day and she was just like, he looks so great. And then after we're married, like I just started to notice how he has zero patience with me. He's snippy. He's yelling at me all the time. Everything irritates him. He has no patience. And as much as I love him and I want to be patient, this is just not working out and this is just not fair. And she's absolutely right. But did she do her due diligence before or was she just like in the emotional haze? And so these things I'm talking about, if you could take a step back It'll not get you emotionally hooked so you can make a clear decision. And the last one that I bring up all the time are the cultural differences. I actually did an entire podcast. I think it's really more so for married people. But I mean, again, this is this is the problem with not picking up that we're, we're Muslims from all over the world. We get married to people of other cultures and we don't know the nuances of that culture. When I was married to my first husband, you guys know that ended in divorce because um, I didn't know any of this stuff. To be honest, nothing, nothing. No one showed me anything, which is why we have this podcast. So no worries. Um, I'm here for you. The The thing that was the problem was uh, we were different cultures. I didn't pick up that in his culture, there's certain things that men do. And they were not okay with me, but I didn't pick up on them because I was just like, oh, he's a nice person. You know, he has these dreams. I believe in him. I believe in his dreams. I get like, you know, and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm all caught up in that, which is highly emotional. But the logic of this situation was men did not treat women well in his culture. And I didn't pick up on it because everybody was nice to me. I met his family. They're smiling, but I didn't understand what was happening inside those homes and those relationships that were that were standard in his culture. And I was setting myself up and I had no idea. So my point is, we we don't know each other's cultures 100% or we think we do. Like, for example, even if you're saying like a, a random culture, like, um, and this is not the culture of my ex-husband, by the way, <laughs> just throwing it out there. Like, let's say Egyptian. There are Egyptians from the north, from the south, from everywhere, from Alexandria, from Cairo, from Sharqiyya. Like, you know, like you, you could be from any part of this. And, and you're not only from different parts that make it different. You're from your families are raised differently within each of those places. Like there's no one standard. There are some standards, right? But that's the way it is for many cultures. I don't care if you're talking about Desi or Arab or whatever or African. It doesn't really matter, okay? There's certain standard things that happen. But then there's also like, you know, this family is a little different than this family. The point is you got to get to know that family, but you got to know your place in that family. You as a woman, what does that mean for you? How would you men treat women in that family? What about your husband and his relationship with his family and then how that's going to affect you? Forget about that. Cultural differences. The way that you do, like a lot of cultures don't deal with confrontation. 
When there are problems, they don't talk about it. Like you want to go talk to your mother-in-law about how she's getting in, you know, your situation. And then she's like, what, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Then you're like, we both know what you're talking about, but she don't, she won't admit it. She won't talk about it. In many cultures, you can't talk about the problems directly. Sometimes they make fun of each other in cultures. Sometimes they laugh about it. Sometimes they never talk about it. Sometimes they just buy each other gifts and pretend it didn't happen. Sometimes we just don't talk about it and we jump into another topic. These things are like real problems that you're going to be crying over and not getting resolved. So what I'm trying to say for people is you have to understand his culture in itself, but then you have to understand your place within his culture and he has to understand yours. Now let's flip it back. He has to understand yours and the fact that you have certain things that in your culture, like maybe you're very verbal. Maybe he doesn't need you to be verbal or maybe you're not verbal. And, and, and like, so you can't express what's going on with you, or maybe you don't even really know or understand your culture hundred percent. Cause you're, you know, a lot of people are raised in one country and another. I have some women like they're, they're like Somalian, Somalian, and then they're like raised in Sweden. Right. But they spent half their life in Germany. Like we have these amazing dynamics in our community where we're, we're, we're immigrants and we're all over the world and this stuff is influencing us. So even though you might be like originally from Somalia at the same time, you could have all these influences because you weren't raised necessarily in Somalia. You were raised a little bit in here and a little bit in there. And then you marry a guy from Somalia. Okay. But he was raised in Somalia, but you were raised partially, like I said, like in Sweden or Germany. And, but you were in a, like, say a Somali community or a Somali home. That is not the same culture. I don't care if you're both from Somalia. And I'm just throwing out the concept of, you know, of this culture because of one of many examples um, that I hear all the time. You know, we go, we marry people from our culture, quote unquote, but we have very different experiences. I'm from that same culture, but I was raised in a different country. That makes a huge difference. Is it a bad or good thing? No, it's just a compatibility thing. Ah, compatibility. So culture and exploring that, it starts with knowing yourself, asking the right questions about him, and then like making sure you've spent enough time, not rushing it to make sure that you figure it out all the things. Meet those families. I know women who meet the guy and not the family. I'm so not for that. And that is also Islamically not encouraged because it's two families coming together. As I've said before in the podcast, it's not you and him versus the world. I know that sounds really Hollywood, but it is not the way it's going to go. Well, these are just four red flags that I've noticed that I, I can go on forever with a laundry list, but here's the thing. I don't want you to feel hopeless in the situation. I just want to tell you, it all comes down to being smart, being smart about it, making sure that you're not in the gray. Like this is not something you want to mess with these type of decisions. This is going to be the father of your kids. So if these are things that kind of struck a chord with you, if any of these were like, Ooh, yeah, I'm worried about that. I'm wondering about that. I'm thinking about that. I actually want to ask you about that. Then definitely, definitely make sure that you get help on that. And you know what? We're going to do this all together inside the Spouse Seeking Challenge. You're more than welcome. Like I said, it's coming up in February, I think February 5th, but we're going to do some bonus stuff like I always do before in January. So get ready. DM me. I'll put the link below. But I hope these really, really help guys because I want you to understand that this stuff is serious and a lot of women miss out. I spent years of crying. I was very, very honest about it. I was married about seven years my first time, and I spent about at least five five to six of those years crying because the first year I was in a haze. I didn't pick up on the stuff yet, and then it was too late, and then I had kids, 
And then I was like, gosh, do I stay or do I go the kids? And for those women that are in the middle of that decision right now, I feel you. I know how hard it is. And for the women who are divorced and now trying to start back and you're just like, oh, all this stuff, I already went through so much. I feel you too. I know how hard it is. But sis, the number one thing we need to do for those women, let me just say, or dig into your emotions, even before this stuff, I would say, dig into your emotions. So I talk to women all the time, take a step back. Let's work on healing. It's not going to take a long time. You just need a couple specific tools. You can always DM me as well. We have free resources. And at the end of the day, um, don't be afraid. Allah Kareem. Allah will help us through all the sisters. And let me tell you the super duper bonus tip in here, which is be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout this process. This is not the time to be a bad Muslim. I'm just going to be frank because you need his help and he's going to show you things you could have never seen, but only if you're doing the right thing, right? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for you. I'll see you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.